Hello and welcome to Real Indigenous. Thanks for joining us. Would you introduce yourself? My name is Ganitio Horn. I'm Ganyakahaka Mohawk from Kahnawake Mohawk Territory. Um, I'm an actress, writer, podcaster, mom, cat mom, (laughs) 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 among other things. (laughs) Out of all those things, what's your favorite? Being a mom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know it's like cliche, but I don't know. He definitely... Cat mom. Oh. So being a mom. mom. I think mom because, I don't know, the industry that I'm in is so superficial and like full of shit a lot of the time. And I think also like getting real, I was pretty messed up before I had the baby. Like I I feel like if I was to, if you were to look at my life on like a timeline on a chart, there's like before the pandemic and after the pandemic. And it's not... It just sort of happened that way. It was it was like all these things happened at the same time. Like the pan I got pregnant and then four days later the pandemic was called. And so it was just sort of my first time ever being like not having to look at my emails because no emails were being sent. <laughs> and, and you know, got to actually really, really chill. Um, and yeah, was pregnant. I started my first like healthy relationship. Started therapy. Uh, so I, I don't know. I feel like, and then also like the baby kind of had me focus on what was important and what isn't, and started like had me uh, yeah just like pick and choose rather than just sort of like do a bit of everything, you know. Um, and, and kind of go after the things that I was like afraid of doing before, like uh, writing basically and, and creating my own content and stuff. Um, because a lot of the times as a performer, you're just telling everybody else's stories. And, you know, I sort of dabbled in storytelling with Coffee With My Mom, which is my podcast. Because um, I knew she had these, or has these epic stories, my mom and my family. And so, it was my attempt at sort of kind of putting those out into the world and then I I was like I need to start writing my own things and yeah but yeah the baby kind of helped me focus on what's important and not everybody I'm not saying everybody needs to have a baby to focus but that's the thing that (laughs) helped me you know and grounded me and you know I moved back home as well um, so I split my time between my dad's, which is in Ottawa, and my res, Gunawage, which is outside of Montreal. So how long have you been in the industry? I went into theater school when I was 16, because in Quebec you go up to grade 11. And uh, I mean, I was also kind of young, like I should have been 17. I'm born in November, so, um, and I think my mom, I'm like, why am I always my mom was like I had to go back to work so you had to go into school (laughs) so I was always the youngest in the class Um, but yeah so I went into theater school when I was 16 graduated when I was 19 and started in the industry right away I mean it wasn't like it was like I wasn't a baller the first I'm still not a baller but I I've been you know a waitress bartender barista sold cigarettes um, I wrote a short film called Smoke Shack, which is on YouTube. 
you can find that about my my time selling cigarettes, my glamorous job on the res. <laughs> yeah, I've done whatever I had to do to, you know, get by. And uh, I guess I've almost been in the industry, like, as a professional for almost 20 years, which is crazy. I'm 37. <laughs> Sometimes I, I'm, like, I'm like, whatever, just, like, leave it, like, you know, like, ambiguous, like, and then... I remember that I'm that I was involved in something in 1990 when I was four, and I'm like, it's so public that I'm like, somebody's gonna realize how old I am. So whatever, I'll just leave it at that. But that's what they teach us in the industry: is just to not tell your age. I know. So that you have more options in the roles that you go up for. I feel like it's more interesting though. Like I'm finding as I get older, the opportunities are more. I don't know if it's just because of what my kind of demo, or not demographic, but not demographic, but like my uh, vibe is that I get kind of, I'm kind of liking the roles that I'm, I'm getting to audition for now. And I felt like when I was younger, in my early 20s, I, I feel like everything that I was kind of, go- it, it was like a mishmash of a million different things, like almost like they didn't really know where to put me, like, Am I a CW girl? You know, like CW? Oh, yeah. You know, I went out for so much CW stuff, and I was like, I don't really, like, I don't don't know if I'm one of these girls. Like, if, you know, it wasn't really meshing, and then then I would be going out for a million other things. So, what was I saying? Um, Uh, Oh, yeah, so when I was younger, I felt like it was like, also because I'm, you know, white passing, but then I'm also not like a totally waspy white girl, you know, I have like, they always just said, oh, she's got this edge, this edge, that was always my like, I don't know, whatever. And I'm, and I was always like, what is my edge, you know? Now I think I'm starting to figure it out and I'm, I'm starting to, to sort of uh, use it to my advantage. I didn't really understand how to, I'm starting to understand as I think as I get older in this industry and as an individual, um, kind of to lean into what it is that makes me different and makes me stand out. And I think in the beginning, there was a lot of times where I was like, whatever, like I, I went to theater school, right? And like, they would teach you to be an 87-year-old British man. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, I'm like, I can do anything. Right. And in a way, it's great, but because it teaches you to like explore and whatever, but in a way, it was sort of, it, it didn't help me focus to what what my strengths were as a younger person. It was sort of like, you can, I can be a tree. You want me to be a tree? You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. So I think as I get older, I'm starting to say no to more things. And I'm starting to sort of, you know, uh, like Tannis on Letterkenny, Feather Day on Rutherford, Dear Lady. Those, I feel like, they're all most well not Tannis, but Feather Day and Dear Lady are post pandemic me. Like does that make sense though? Like I feel yeah. like I'm sort of kinda of coming yeah. into and I don't know if it's because I'm coming into my own as a person and it's kind of happening simultaneously as figuring out where I stand in the industry. You know, like I, I know that I don't fit into this box of what Hollywood wants to imagine indigenous an indigenous person is, you know, I'm not dark brown eyes you know I can't fit into this mold you know um, 
So I've sort of had to carve out my own path and it's been really hard at some points, but um, I think I'm getting the hang of it. And I think, you know, this, like, dear lady fucking solidified me in Indian country. And, you know, like, Tanis is great in terms of pop culture internationally. It's, it's huge. <laughs> like, it's, it's huge. It's mind-blowing. Like, I was sitting in... I was sitting in Denver and this guy walks into the restaurant and has like a Letterkenny hat on and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, I love it. Like, it's, I love it. It's yeah. incredible. And the, so the fact, I, I feel like, you know, it's a very particular type of show. Um, and I think that... So I feel like my contribution to it, like I feel like I've sort of moved the notch a little bit in terms of representation, you know, kind of keep being able to keep up with, you know, in that environment and being able to keep up with the, the, the material and, you know, stand out, if I may say so myself. And, rep you know, I, I remember... One time I Googled myself, big mistake. Um, <laughs> but it was years ago, like years ago, and Letterkenny was maybe like three seasons in. And I remember I saw this like Reddit question and it was like, who is this person? Is she even native? And then all these people were like, look her up, blah, blah, blah. And then they're like, okay, my mistake. And I was like, yeah, see, okay, there. Like I've moved, <laughs> I've moved it just a little bit. So people understand that we can look like this. We can be mixed race and we can still be, you know, stand strong in who we are. Um, whether we're city Indians or res Indians or a mix of both, which I kind of feel like I'm actually a mix of both. I, I, I was always exposed to outside of the res because my dad is... Um, non-native and lived in a small city in Ottawa so I kind of yeah I did the both thing well I enjoy all of those roles <laughs> and, and you know your, your work um, you know it makes you recognizable everybody knows who Dear Lady is of course in Oklahoma because that's one of our myths mm -hmm. so how much of, of I guess that role was new to you like is, is there a Dear Lady in Ottawa in Kahnawake, well, so I remember I got the audition and I messaged Mikazi, who is one of the producers on it, and I was like, yo, what's the skinny on this role? And he was like, all right, so, and he gave me like a breakdown. He's like, so there's this like legend or of this of this supernatural being, blah, 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 and started talking, and I was like, oh, the hoof lady. And so we have the hoof lady back home. Oh, okay. okay. And it's basically the same exact kind of, you know, warning sort of uh, being, you know, don't step out of line or the hoof lady's going to get you kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and so it wasn't that new. I was like, oh, I got it. But we were always it. wondering about that. Like, who knows about Dear Lady outside of the Muskogee Creek people? You know, a lot of people. Yeah. It, a it, lot of people. Apparently. All of these, these uh, myths, I, w I guess, they... They exist in other tribes as different entities or different mm -hmm. names, and you know, but same concepts. So yeah, Just yeah. Even in in Canada, like I'm pretty sure Ojibwe people have it, and yeah, I just know for sure we have we have the hoof lady. Like even back home now, like I'll pull up for to get gas, and they're like, hey, hoof lady, <laughs> <laughs> and you fill it up for regular. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I'm okay with it because, you know, it could be worse. I'm like, she's a badass. Mm-hmm. I would play her forever. I would love to do a spinoff. Um, she's just such a... She's so emotionally, like, multi-layered and, mm-hmm. f- you know, funny in this weird, wry way and strong and wise and sad and you know like it's hard being immortal right (laughs) and I just read the episode for this season and that's all (laughs) just saying it's really good do you like to read have you read Stephen Graham Jones books about no. elk, elk head lady. No. Oh, oh yeah. You, need to read his uh, stuff. you should read his stuff. Oh he's my gosh! Yeah, I have to write that down. Ooh. Yeah. It's like a novel. Yeah, it's yeah. a horror. Oh, genre. Yes. Okay. And he's he's yeah, from Texas. He's from Texas. Yeah, I know that. I don't know exactly what but, tribe he is though. I can't but remember what tribe he is, but he's he's, he's big time. He's Cree. He's gotten a lot bigger in the last year since. Um, one of his books, Stephen King mentioned one of his books about liking it, and okay. um, yeah, it kind of blew, blew up after that. So, oh, cool! Yeah. So, what is it? Elk, elk head lady. Well, the character is elk head woman. Woman. Okay. And it's the only good Indians is mm. the book. Okay. Cool. And we just talked about it on our podcast. Not oh, cool. Ago. Cool. Yeah, I'll have to check. It's that a out. revenge film. Ooh, no, film. revenge book. book. Oh, I yeah. love that. I wonder if there's an audio book version. <laughs> there, there is. I yeah? just listened yeah. to it. Okay. <laughs> who narrated it? He. I, no, I can't remember who it was. Uh, he's a res guy. Okay. Cool. But at the end, the author comes on and kind of gives. Okay. A cool. Okay. Good. I'm so, all about that audio book action. Mm-hmm. It's I, a good one. Yeah. Okay. He does a really good job. Reading good. It. Good. Good. Yeah, and it's oh, it's gory. So. Now that you have reached a certain level of performance, mm-hmm. are you looking at writing or producing? Yeah, so a few years ago, well, so, okay, where do I start? <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I've always played, I'm always sort of on the peripheral, right? Like with Tannis, she's not one of the leads, leads, Dear Lady isn't one of the leads, Feather Day isn't one of the leads, and that's sort of been my you know, I have like about 70 credits and basically most of them are in that vein, kind of just right on the peripheral, mm-hmm. but everyone's always like, we love you in this role, well, you know? And so I'm like, I want to, I just want to carry, I, I can carry a film, I could carry a series, you know? Mm-hmm. So I realized I, I guess I got to write it myself. <laughs> so a few years ago, I kind of came up with, um, I wanted to do like a Home Alone adult version I was like I just want to stay in one location I want to wear comfy clothes like sweatpants <laughs> and like kill people that was basically my that's how this idea started I was like I just want to I'm going to do like stunts and you know I want it to be bloody and I want to do practical effects and just you know have fun and so I kind of I was like okay why so that was the beginnings of the idea and then I thought okay why is why are these people trying to like break into my house you know and mm-hmm. then I was like oh it'd be funny if they were trying to get the not the last non-genetically modified corn beans and squash seeds <laughs> and so so I wrote this this movie this my first feature film is called Seeds and I I'm gonna star in it and direct it and I'm gonna play a 
an, a mediocre indigenous influencer <laughs> who, who has to go back to her res. Oh, you mean like us? <laughs> <laughs> and I have to I have to go back to my res and house sit, and then these people are trying to break into the house, and I basically it gets gory, and I kind of channel a bit of my my own uh, people's history of like we had like a penchant for uh, torture and stuff like that oh so it gets really gory at the end and I end up well I'm not gonna whatever I think you will like look it. for that <laughs> I'm really nervous and it's but it's exciting I'm trying to I'm listening to this like this is my first self-help book and it's called the five second rule by Mel Robbins and she talks about anxiety and she's like you know that those feelings that you feel when you start feeling anxiety just tell yourself I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. So mm. I've been I've been trying to do that. It's so far it's been working. I, like that. I did it this yeah. morning. I'm like I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm definitely and I, I also you know I think a lot of my I think a lot of it began uh, with my podcast that was sort of me dipping my toes in a safe way into creating my own content and writing and stuff um, because. My subject, which is my mother, is so, it's so easy to kind of take her stories and it was like an exercise for me to sort of, so she she was such, she's such like an easy, um, like it was such, it was like an exercise in taking somebody's oral, like, history and turning it into something that people can, like a a story with a beginning, middle and end. And so... um, I kind of, that was kind of me dabbling because I find podcasting in the podcasting world, I always describe it as like very punk rock. Like you can do whatever the fuck you want. Yep. And as long as you have this and an internet connection and can afford to like get it up every month or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I just thought that was incredible because I was very nervous to to dabble in screenwriting because I just felt like it was this beast that I didn't really understand yet. And, you know, you just got to do it, I realized. Mm-hmm. After, I, after I did the podcast and then I started, that's when I started, you know, creating, that's when I started writing this script, basically. And it was horrible. Like, I, <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I sent that to somebody. But then, you know, now it's, <laughs> now it's in like a, a, a good, like, like I read it and I'm like, oh my God, it moves. And, you know, I, there's still work to be done. It's not perfect, but I'm really proud of, you know, it it going from whatever it was to to this place so um and I have plans to I I really want to do a series on my mother's life uh because she was a a model in the 60s and part of the big part of the civil rights movement the movement um she came down to Oklahoma and uh yeah she has like a I should get her to tell that story She's really? like, I got really sick, and then the Indian Health Services took care of me, and they have a whole <laughs> hospital there. Do you guys have a hospital? Yeah, it's yeah. Cool. We get a few. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I used to work right. She's like, they took such good care of me. That was in the '60s, and then I think the guys from AIM they saw something. The uh, Look magazine did a special on her because she's she was very well known in Canada already, um, and then they saw the what this magazine did and they brought her I'm pretty sure out here um, 
and I think she spent some time in Minneapolis. That's where it started, right? Okay. AIM? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so I really want to do uh, a series on her and play her. So I have to fucking do it soon. What's the name of the podcast? Coffee with my mom. Awesome. Have to look that up. It's on iTunes. Um, I think I paid my bill. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and uh, yeah and you know the thing that I my thing with storytelling is I know that we have to tell these like trauma based stories like residential school and boarding school and all of the schools and colonialism and you know all that I know that that's something that we have to do but I also feel like there's this other there's this new wave of people myself included and I was talking to my buddy who does this comic he's from Gunawage as well and it's like this really well-known kind of art comic called Wendy um, and we were talking about how I feel like there's this we're, we might be part of this wave where we want to tell stories that are yes indigenous because we're indigenous people telling them but not kind of latching on to the trauma that we've experienced collectively uh i for one want to you know like seeds the movie that i wrote there's there's aspects of maybe talking about i mean it's a food sovereignty movie it turned into a food sovereignty movie so you know because i'm indigenous and because i there are issues that mean a lot to me that it came it ended up happening organically um i would love to do I, I started developing a script with Imaginative Scriptwriters Lab, uh, which is like an indigenous version. It's an indigenous female version of the movie Nine to Five. Oh, oh yes. So I want to do it with Jana. Oh, oh, Jana, yes. That would be awesome. Right? So I started writing that. That uh, would be funny. Oh my gosh. So they kidnap their chief and council. They kidnap their chief of council instead of their boss, and they rewrite, you know, a bunch of. Casey sold off a bunch of land to big developers, so they oh, yeah. are trying to like write that. Anyways, oh wow, that would be fun. Right, and so I kind of want to do stuff like that, or like an indigenous bridesmaids, or yeah. you know, I'm I'm sort of I want to do fun stuff like the that. Indigenous rom com. Angela and I've been asking for a rom com. You know who wrote one? Alex Alex Lazarowicz. It, I read it and it's fucking hilarious. Really? It's so oh. good. So it's, we, were, we were asking Sierra for one and she's Sarah's like, like no. on it. Does she want <laughs> Oh no, Jana was, was like no. Jana was, like, no. was like no and Sierra was like she wants to be Nora Ephron. <laughs> oh yeah, she loves Nora Ephron. That's so funny. I did a panel with her and she talks about Nora Ephron all the time. I'm like, really? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I I really I kind of want to be sort of part of. I mean, there is also things that I want to write. Like my mom's story is very political, and then you know I do eventually also want to write kind of a coming of age story that takes place after 1990. I don't know if you guys know about the 1990 Oka crisis. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. so my I was so the, yeah the army uh, surrounded this there was a standoff between a bunch of Mohawks and some other indigenous people and the Canadian army moved in and we were surrounded for 78 days. Um, and then on September 26, 1990, we came out and 
many horrible things happened, but also my sister was bayoneted in the chest by uh, a soldier while she was protecting me, and there's like a very famous photo of that. So I've kind of been in the spotlight in a weird way in Canada since I was a kid. Um, Anyway, so that... uh, After that happened, for the world it ended in 1990, but for us, I basically grew up in, uh, I'll just talk loud. I basically grew up in like a post-war setting, you know? Yeah. So I really want to do a comedy, not a comedy, Hanyo, not a comedy. <laughs> Scratch that. I want to do like a coming of age film in like 1992 in Kahnawake because that's when I, that's when I grew up and it was really messed up time. Like totally like yeah, it was it was post war. So that's what I liked about Dairy Girls. Have oh yeah, Dairy Girls? I haven't seen that yet. Is oh that, no, they're they're in the eighties. Yeah, the Irish during the Northern Ireland. Yes, coming of age. Oh my just, god, just juxtaposing You're so the right. insanity of teenage being a teenage girl. Yeah, with all of that conflict that's going on where they just skip past all the soldiers that's such a great yeah that's what we used like yeah it it was like oh the cops like yeah or or like we gotta go get mosh just got beat up by the cops you know like that was literally i was like six yeah i was like okay we gotta go get mom it's okay so yeah i don't know is there anything else you guys want to talk about we i we have sure to talk we, about Feather yeah. Day. We do have to talk about Feather Day. Feather Day is like my hero. Really? Oh my gosh. <laughs> we all know her. We all love her. We're all terrified of her. And we want to be her. And we want to be her. We want to be Feather Day. Yes. We, you know, we're the urban natives here, so we're like, you know, we, we all know, understand all the industrious part of, you know, owning a business and stuff like that, but it's like, we want to be able to walk into a room and be, people would be like, oh my gosh. <laughs> 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 we get scared. <laughs> Like, shh, don't talk. <laughs> I loved playing her so much. And I remember when I, I was like, when do I get to be on your show? Because when they, when they were auditioning and doing everything, I, it was the pandemic, but I was also totally freaking pregnant. So I was like, I better get in on this. <laughs> and so <laughs> I muscled my way in. No, but I taped for it. And I, I remember taping in my bathroom. But I did an excellent tape. And... Um, I, ch- I sort of channeled her after some women back home. Her accent is definitely my cousin, Wanda Holly. And I showed her, I was like, I showed her, I'm like, you recognize this person? And she's like, oh. I'm like, I'm talking like you. She's like, oh, yeah. I'm like, it's you. I'm like, I'm doing an impersonation of you, basically. And then, I, and then but like, then the like, you know the stature and all that. There's some women I won't name from back home. But I, kind of, I kind of channeled, you know. Such a bitch. I just loved her. I just loved her. She was. So, she was like. What I loved was. She was kind of. I don't want to compare her directly with Tannis, but she's a more sophisticated. A more sophisticated version of Tan. Oh, I can see that. I can and ta- see that. and Tanis is like yeah. the rugged res <laughs> bitch, you know yeah. what I mean? And then Feather is like ain't taking shit from anybody, but I'm gonna drive away in my Mercedes, bitch. Yeah. 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 You know? <laughs> 
Well, yeah, like Kim Guerrero is from Oklahoma. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's so lovely. I know. Oh, my gosh. She was on the podcast with us. She's Tully's best friend. Yeah, she (laughs) grew up together in L.A. Okay. She's just, she was so much fun. Honestly, working on that was, like, I love Res Dogs. I do. But there was this, there was this vibe on... I, on, on Rutherford, I think because it was because it's a sitcom, there was this vibe where I, I remember that my first day and doing my scene with like Michael and Jana, where I had like one where I give her like this shitty comment. I'm like, there's half off at the gym, you know, or something. <laughs> I forget what my line is or whatever. And then we're on this big set, and I was like, holy shit! I'm like, this is the first time I've ever gotten to be like funny and fun with other indigenous people at this level mm-hmm. you know I've done you know some lower level comedies whatever <laughs> but um, that was an incredible incredible thing and there was this vibe and everybody was just so um, welcoming and I think Sierra really set this tone that I would work for her any day okay. you know yeah. she just she was like a mama bear kind of mm-hmm. thing. Like, may, I just felt valued. Mm-hmm. I felt incredibly valued. And she, that was all her, you know? Yeah, yeah. she's really, really... This, I mean, some of the scenes, the whole Michael Gray eyes. Yeah. He's so good. So good. Terry Thomas' character, yeah, that was so well-written. And that's, the whole, all characters were well, well-written and relatable. Mm-hmm. That's what I liked about yeah. it. it so relatable. So relatable. We knew those people. We are those people, and that's the first time I felt like that we've been seen. Yeah, exactly. And like seen, and like we can make fun of ourselves. Yeah. Like there's so many things where it's like if somebody else did that, like a non-indigenous person would be like, um, whoa, <laughs> sit down. But we can do it to each other. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I know. I just always tell everybody at work, nobody's neater than us. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> indigenous ever. girls, we tease me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I always have to tell people I know, non-native people I know, if I don't make fun of you, I don't like you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so true. Lucy, <laughs> so, can you have any questions? No. Well, I guess uh, that's all we have for now. And thank you so much for your time. We really yeah, appreciate you talking to us. Of course, this is such an incredible event. I know. It's, it's so, so cool. Yeah. I was like, this is like powwow for nerds <laughs> <laughs> exactly it is though I was like oh look at all the 